Are you looking for a new true crime podcast to binge? If you are, you gotta check out our podcast. It's called True Crime Obsessed. Each week, we recap a true crime documentary like the Ted Bundy tapes or Tinder Swindler in a super fun way. So check out True Crime Obsessed wherever you get your podcasts. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. He's who we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mike Manzi was a very successful mathematics tutor, suburban New York, parts of Connecticut. He had a good reputation, and he made good money as a tutor. But one thing mathematician Mike didn't count on is that he would be one of the predators I've caught. He's one of the more interesting fellows, I think, for a couple different reasons. One, because he dealt with kids the same age as the child he thought he was going to come visit at our sting house in Fairfield, Connecticut. And I'm often asked, what is it that keeps you up at night? And one of the things at the top of that list is, okay, so this guy shows up in our sting house in October of 2015 to meet a 13-year-old girl. Now, I'll get into the details in just a few minutes here. But given the fact that there were suggestive exchanges in the texts, talking about yoga poses like downward dog and a lot of talk about smoking marijuana together, given all that, even though it wasn't one of the more sexually charged chats I've read over the years, and as you know, I've read hundreds and hundreds of them. Did he ever have an inappropriate contact 
or relationship with any of the children he tutored. That haunts me. Now, I have no evidence to suggest that Mike Manzi did this before. I have no one who's come forward to say that he had been inappropriate with them. But he did surface on a Sunday afternoon in our Stinghouse in Fairfield County, Connecticut. And he was one of the more interesting exchanges. The guy was nervous. He was anxious. And he had an excuse. So Fairfield was the first actual Hanson versus Predators investigation. We, I guess, rebranded it, if you will. And we worked with the Fairfield County Police Department, which I had had some very successful dealings in the past. The Fairfield Police Department chief at the time, Gary McNamara, really was proactive about a lot of different things. He had contacted me once when I was speaking at a Connecticut Attorney General's conference on crimes, internet scams targeting seniors, and he and his team had a very interesting case that became an entire hour investigation on Dateline NBC. And while we didn't get all this woman's money back, we did get somebody prosecuted for stealing a lot of her money. She was a resident of Fairfield, Connecticut. And so we stayed in touch over the years. And Gary's a very entertaining guy, and he's a smart lawman, and, and he continues to be in law enforcement to this very day. But I approached him about doing a predator sting in Fairfield, and he was willing to do a parallel investigation. We met with the state attorney, the prosecutors in, in Connecticut. They were all on board. And it really was a very professionally run, smooth investigation. Eleven guys surfaced over the period of three or four days. And I was so impressed not just by the professionalism of the police department, and I always am in these investigations. I mean, the vast majority of law enforcement officers who get involved in these sheriff's departments, uh, ICAC, uh, Internet Crimes Against Children investigators, they're all very devoted to going after predators and to exposing this crime and keeping kids safe. And so it really didn't come as a surprise, but what really impressed me is how the department in Fairfield was able to interrogate and interview the predators I caught in this investigation. And I learned something from it. You know, at this point, uh, you know, I had already interviewed hundreds of them. And uh, as I said, 11 surfaced in this investigation. And I interviewed all of them except for one or two who ditched on me. But Manzi stuck to his story with me and then later with the detective at Fairfield. And I'll get into that in a moment. He just really thought that he was in the right here. And that's one of the most frightening things about him. So let's set this up. Our decoy, posing as a 13-year-old girl, we were working with Tetra Core at the time. So we had the online decoys existing basically in different social media platforms. This particular one was Whisper, which is a semi-dating app, a semi-encrypted app where you know people can meet each other and communicate and, and uh, set up a meeting. Should they choose? And that's what happened in this case. So again, the decoy made it very clear she was 13, had age-appropriate pictures. And we also had a decoy on site to greet the predator if the situation warranted. And 
to have a conversation for as long as it seemed safe. And in many cases, this is one of the most revealing parts of the investigation because you actually see the predator interacting in real time face-to-face with this decoy. And this particular onside decoy was a 19-year-old theater student who attended a nearby university. And she was great. She was great. We had a male decoy who was a police cadet, and, and he was marvelous as well. And I think probably we should interview both of them for later podcast episodes, and we'll do that. Anyway, back to Mike Manzi. So he chats on and off for a couple of days, and he's cagey about his sexual intent. But let me get into some of it and you can decide for yourself. Online, Manzi, who's 32 years old, goes by the screen name Thrilla. Not sure where he got that. I don't know if it's a a reference to the Michael Jackson song. But anyway, he's the Thrilla. And he's talking to a 13-year-old girl who says her name is Bailey. It starts out with, you know, pretty innocent chat about Bailey's mom. What she do, something with finance. Cool, cool. Yeah, my name is Bailey, she says. She, you know, basically does the introduction. And it continues. Got a favorite pizza spot? I just moved here, so I like Colony Grill the best. Colony Grill is a famous pizza place in Stanford, Connecticut. And I think there's one in Fairfield as well. It's that thin crust pizza. It's, it's delicious, actually. It's among my favorite uh, And my sons both, you know, grew up on it. But it's razor-thin pizza. And when you get the meatballs on it, they're huge meatballs. And it's just, it's delicious. And the Colony Pizza Place, the original one in Stanford, I think has been there since the 40s. So it's just like walking back in time. Less I digress. The conversation continues. You're making me hungry right now. LOL. Fight the hunger. Ha ha ha. She says, I binge ate and watch movies all day. And pretty early in the conversation, he says, did you blaze, meaning smoke weed? Laughing my ass off, L-M-A-O, yes. Way. We watching got sidetracked a bit, LOL. But I glanced at some internet shows I like, and I did mostly eaten, come to think of it. And so the conversation continues about food. Thrilla talks about having breakfast of hot Cheetos, Apple Jacks, a cinnamon bagel, and bacon. And then the decoy says, "Mm, nice start. And so there's a lot of chat about food. And then more chat about marijuana. And Thrilla gives away his cell phone number. Asks a lot more questions about her home and the setting. Her age, she confirms she's 13. Once again, acknowledging her young age, he says, I assume you can't go very far from Fairfield. My mom said I could go with a friend and only when she's not away. Wait, your mom said that just now or in general? In general, LOL. Ha ha ha, well, no time like the present. Yep. Are you tired or gonna be up for a bit? He asks, because I can keep chatting, but just curious. Manzi, a.k.a. Thrilla, acknowledges that what he's doing is wrong, saying, Well, you're cool and cute, too. I just know I could get in trouble even talking to you. Then he says, You got a pick, LOL, with your height? Says it's cute. She sends a pic of her and a friend. I'd like looking down to you. LOL, definitely would. Would you look up at me? Decoy says, Yeah, I would. So there are some back and forth 
talk about yoga poses. He asks, how's your downward dog? Ultimately, Manza, a.k.a. Thrilla, wants some proof that there's a real girl at the home where he's going to come. So our on-site decoy takes a picture and has a sign in it that she made saying, Mike, heart, give me food, smiley face. And that's enough for him to ask for the address, which she gives, and he heads over on a Sunday. He says, I'll definitely be there. And sure enough, on a Sunday afternoon in Fairfield, Connecticut, Mike Manza drives up. And he's coming in fast. Manza is a, you know, probably around 5'10". He's 32 years old, as I mentioned. He's got a shaved head, and that led some to catch a predator, Hanson versus Predator followers, to nickname him Humpty Dumpty. And, oh, he was going to take a fall, all right. He just didn't know it yet. And he came hustling in fast, and the onside decoy greets him, and they chat for a minute. And I'm watching this from the next room on a monitor. He's really rangy, he's anxious, and he says to the onside decoy, he wants to look around. And so he starts on one side of the kitchen, walks to the other, pokes his nose around into the study living room area, and he's headed right towards the the room I'm in. I guess you could call it the family room. And as he's coming around, I come and we are face to face. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. Just see right on that stool, please. And he right away wants to know who I am and what's going to happen. And he he doesn't want to have a seat. He doesn't want to be arrested. He goes on and on and on. And, and I'm going to play some of the exchange for you now so you can get a sense again. Even if you've seen the episode, we're going to play some of it for you to bring you right into the kitchen. No, right here, sir. No, I, I know. Please, right there. What are you doing here today? Well, I'm, I'm here because I was slightly concerned. Now, why were you so concerned about a 13-year-old girl? Well, she's talking to other people that are obviously the same age as me. And how old are you? I'm 32. You're 32? Yes. Now, he does sit down at one point. And again, he wants to know who I am, what's going to happen. And I say, well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I start to ask him questions about the transcript and his intent and what he meant by some of the innuendo he used in the chat. Now, again, this was not overtly sexual, like we see in a lot of the chats. There was no talk about genitalia or specific sex acts. But in some ways, to me at least, this is more frightening because it shows the grooming process. It normalizes the conversation between a 32-year-old man in this instance and a 13-year-old girl. And obviously, he's had a lot of contact with kids that age because that's the age group he tutors. And who do you tutor? I tutor. I tutor our, our, these, these ages. And finally, he, he gets so anxious and so just antsy that he gets up and we're face to face pretty much. There's no barrier. And, and I assess the situation and, and I think that, well... There's probably not much physical danger here. Ronnie Knight, my security guy, is just feet away and watching very closely. And we continue the conversation, and he continues to demand to know who I am and what's going to happen. Finally, and this is, this is really something, and I'll never forget this. He says, I need to know who you are. Really, I need to know. 
And I say to him, I'm Chris Hansen. He says, no, you're not. (laughs) And I'm thinking, God, how many years has it been since we did the first predator investigation? And it had been about 11 years, but I don't think I had aged that much. So anyway, I kind of chuckle inside on it. He says, says, no, you're not. I go, yeah, I'm Chris Hansen. He goes, no, you're not. And this goes back and forth. Listen to the exchange. There's something you need to know. Is there cops? There's something you need to know. Please. I'm Chris Hansen. No, you're not. Yes, I No, you're not. Yes, I So whether he believed I was Chris Hansen at that moment, he certainly came to believe it later. It was time for Mike Manzi, the math teacher, to account for his actions and leave. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Now, in this particular setup, if you recall, the best case scenario is that the predator leaves through the door from the kitchen to the garage. And that's where the Fairfield police officers are. They, without incident, are supposed to make the arrest and off he goes to be booked and continue the legal process. Well, Manzi doesn't want to leave. He wants to go back out the front door. And in his mind, somehow, he thinks that if he goes out the front door, the door he came into, that he's not going to be arrested. It's like a game show of some sort. If he picks door number two, the door going out to the garage, in fact, he'll be arrested. And again, I say, well, that's not up to me, but it's best if you leave through that door. And he, he just won't do it. Please let me go home, guys. Sir, guys, it'd be best if you went please. out this door. No, because I'm going to get arrested. I know it's going to happen, sir. Please do not. But look at the chair. I really just want to go home, guys. So the standoff continues. And finally, in his gentle but firm way, always using his level head, Ron Knight suggests it would be a good idea for him to go out the door into the garage. I'm going to get arrested going that way. Please. No, I can't. I can't. I won't. Please. Please, man. Guys, oh, this is horrible. And he, he gets all flustered, as he does. And I don't know, I don't, this, I was just here to check on the girl. I just want to make sure she was okay. And, you know, he used that excuse on me. And I've heard that before. But he maintained that he was just coming over because he was worried about the girl. He didn't explain, you know, how all the marijuana smoking was going to go in terms of easing her anxiety, I suppose. But he didn't get into that. So finally, 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 he goes out the door into the garage. And the Fairfield police are predictably waiting for him. Police. I know, I know. Turn around, put your hand behind your back. And now he wants to try to talk to them immediately and talk them out of arresting him. Well, they're not having any of it, of course. Okay, just calm down. Just follow the No, just relax. And he starts to resist a little bit, and they explain to him, and you can hear that here, that he's going to have to get down on his knees and be handcuffed. This is police protocol. Otherwise, they're going to have to get the teaser out. Listen to this. You're going to get the Kneel down. Kneel down. I'm going to get down. I'm going to get down. Kneel down. Getting down. All right. The taser does not come out. Manzi finally acquiesces and is handcuffed, and they put him in the car police car, and they take him down to the Fairfield Police Department, where he is again, this time by a detective, interviewed, interrogated, and he sticks to his story. I just, I, I, I really felt like there was definitely a position that she was putting herself in that wasn't 
wasn't going to be uh, a, a good one. Yeah. I understand the age difference in that, and, and that's why I really was not intending on... It's absurd. The detective is skilled in, in talking to him, but he continues to maintain that he was just there to check on the girl. And then the detective talks about the downward dog pose comment. You remember what you said? No, I don't. But you can... How's your downward dog? Well, okay, yeah, but that's a yoga move still. Like, come on. I mean, I'm I a guy, you're a guy. I, I, I get it. Doesn't look good. Manzi sort of admits that. And there was another comment Manzi made about he and the 13-year-old girl being quote-unquote soulmates. Now, you could interpret that a couple different ways. They were talking about food, so he might have been intimating soulmate had to do with their common love of food, but obviously there was the potential of a double meaning there. There again is how, you know, these guys operate. But he's still not giving it up. He has said to me and later to police and now again in this police interview that, you know, if he's prosecuted here, you know, he he won't be able to continue to do his job, which is, you know, a tutor helping, you know, well-off kids with math. So he finally takes off his sweatshirt at some point during the interrogation. And what does the T-shirt underneath say? It's a mathematic equation commonly used by students, graduates of MIT. And he didn't go to MIT. He went to a small college in the state of New York. But he had this T-shirt on. So, you know, what's he thinking? I mean, none of this adds up. I mean, so we know he wasn't there just to make sure this girl was okay. But you have to wonder what would happen. So he comes over, they sit down, they blaze, they order some food. And at what point does he start making inappropriate sexual advances? It would be my belief, based upon my experience, interviewing these guys, knowing how their brains work, that it wouldn't take too long. And that had there been a 13-year-old girl there who was willing to smoke marijuana with him, who's willing to hang out, there would have been inappropriate sexual contact. And the detective confronts him with this notion. Ultimately, Manzi doesn't give it up. He is charged not with an attempted sexual assault or solicitation because the texts weren't as graphic as so many of the others. Because of that, Manzi was charged with criminal attempt to risk or injure or impair the morals of a minor that obviously carries a lesser sentence than the solicitation of a child for sex. He pleaded, and other than the time he was locked up after his arrest, did no prison time for the sting operation. He did have to go on probation. He did not have to register as a sex offender. As far as we know, he has not been at least formally tutoring or teaching anywhere. He lives with his parents. We reached out to Manzi, placed a phone call, to see if he would talk about the experience of being caught in a predator sting and to sort of see where his life is today. Uh, He did not get back to us, but we will continue to listen for a response. And if he does... I'll invite him to be on this show and explain how he became one of the predators 
I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. A quick postscript. Even though he didn't have to register as a sex offender in either the state of Connecticut or where he lives in the state of New York, Manzi does get recognized, and he's spoken to a few people apparently in the predator community and shared some of these experiences. People recognize him. In fact, I guess as the story goes, and it comes from a reliable source in the predator community, the to catch a predator community, he was in a library minding his own business, and somebody recognized him and actually called police. And it freaked everybody out, but there's really nothing to be done because he wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't a registered sex offender near children, and there really isn't anything to prevent him from, at this point, being a tutor or or a teacher, except his appearance on the show and the criminal history of uh, endangering a minor. If you're looking to talk to me with a comment about the podcast, a suggestion, or if you have information on one of the predators I've caught, or if you are one of the predators I've caught, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at chris at predatorpodcast.com.